<laughs> You're always allowed to clap. You're always allowed to clap. <laughs> <sighs> Woo! Hello, everybody. <laughs> hello, hello, hello. Oh, it is another episode of Tinseltown Tea. Uh, I am one of the co-hosts, Judith, and our other co-host, co-host words, I use them, is Corey. It's amazing. Hello. Yes. Um, yeah. And yeah. if you don't know, here we are. Here we are. <laughs> and if it's your first time here, uh, first of all, thank you for joining us. Uh, this is Tinseltown Tea, where we talk about, um, you know, our journey into the writer's room, and we share resources for other black and brown writers uh, in the industry. Uh, we cut up. We have fun. We give you the news. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we give y'all resources. Sometimes we do interviews. Sometimes we do script reads. Sometimes we do movie reviews. You know, we do we, we do it all. Yeah, we do it all. And then, of course, we give our flowers to people we think is on who deserve to be recognized. <laughs> oh no, our last segment, niggas, you should know, Lord, God help us on tonight. We're gonna do this, y'all. <laughs> it's gonna be good. We're going to make it. It's a little cold here in L.A., so you see us bundled up because, um, you know, it's... It's, it's damn cold for me. Yeah, it's it's not... That's not what L.A. should be. It should be sunshine and heat, and that's all I accept. But now we are wrapped up, and we're here to, um, yeah, do this podcast for y'all. So, yeah, let's get into it. I know, Corey, you got the Would You Rather this week. Yay. So the word you rather this week is one that I made up. Hopefully you don't listen to this. Bobby will let his nigga house and he does not shut the fuck up. (laughs) He literally (laughs) never shuts up. I could literally be like working, okay? I squinted fingers ferociously typing and he's talking to me 24-7 all the time. So this is what this would you rather come from. Would you rather always have to live with somebody who doesn't shut the fuck up or somebody who never, literally never talks at all? Like, it's just dead silence at all times. Oof. That's... Both are are annoying. Both are uncomfortable. So, okay, so if the person who doesn't shut the fuck up, they literally never stop talking. Like, it's... Even if you want them to be quiet, they won't. And then the person who doesn't talk... God. It would be literally like they hmm, they won't even answer your question. Like if you're trying to talk to them, they won't even talk back. Or if they do, it's like not even one word type Ooh. situation. See, that's hard because I mean I, I would I mean I always had pets and I always talked to them and they never talked. Well, sometimes they would talk, but they'd meow or there would be some sort of communication. You know what I mean? So I'd be like, okay, I know what you're finna do. Okay, I know what you you know. So <clears throat> I guess with human beings it's it's less tolerance for that. Uh yeah, I would Come on, you need, I need, I need some communication. So I guess I would go with never, if that would get on my nerves, I know that would get on my nerves, but I would go with doesn't shut the fuck up over not talking at all. Especially if I'm trying to, at least, at least with the guy, the person that doesn't shut the fuck up, I can just be like, 
what do you want to eat? You know, real quick. And then be like, oh, yeah, I want, okay, okay I can get a response. You know, like. Maybe they start talking about how they had this. Right. <laughs> get on my nerves. But it's like, all right, at least I'm getting some communication as opposed to just like a wall and like, what do you want to eat? What do you want to do? Not ting? Like, what? That? that would like, that would, oh my God, that would, that would drive me up a wall. But I think either way is kind of, kind of a lose lose. <laughs> man what about you mm, you're already living it so I mean, um, you probably yeah so i'm going with the person who never talks <laughs> because look here i am <laughs> silence okay <sighs> and i'm not comfortable with silence yeah. i love it um and if they don't want to talk to me fuck them like <laughs> Bitch, you know, <laughs> you don't have to talk to me. Like, you don't have to talk to me. That's like, where my feelings not went. Not Nan, bitch. So, <laughs> so yeah, I'm gonna go with them and just be like, fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> but now you, now you probably appreciate it. You'd be like, Mm-mm, I know, firsthand. <laughs> I'm be like, dang. And if I, if I if I get to the point where I just gotta talk to somebody, I can just leave the house. That's true. Talk to That's true. That or is call somebody true. and be like, this bitch ain't talking to me as usual, but whatever. <laughs> I'll be talking to her right in front of her face. So what's she gonna say? <laughs> nothing. Nothing. <laughs> 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 Ooh, child, that is hilarious. Hilarious. Well, you know. I, I can see why when he's near the beautiful Corey, he doesn't want, want talk, 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 talk. Hopefully, um, you know, it'll include you in the conversation as well. Uh, but, you know, I just keep praying on that situation for you because I know that'll drive, that'll drive anybody insane. All right. Well, uh, moving right along this week, I have the know better, do better. And it's real quick. I just, you know, took um a quote from um you know one of the great one of the greatest writers of our all time honestly like mm-hmm. she was mm-hmm. so dope that i i mean anytime i read anything and if you don't know who it is it's tony morrison um anytime i read a tony morrison book my child i i had to read that thrice because it was just like oh okay you 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 write right okay cool 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 so <laughs> we're gonna have to reread this over again because i know i missed all of it because that's just the brilliance of who Toni Morrison is. <clears throat> but she said in a quote, if there's a book you really want to read, but it hasn't been written yet, then you must write it. And that's just period. So I kind of took that to be across genres and mediums, right? If there's, if you want to put that, if there's a script, right? A script that you want to be, or a movie or a TV show or whatever. If you haven't seen it, then it's up to you to write it. Um, you have the ideas um, and people want to hear your story. You know what I mean? And even if they don't want to hear your story, tell it anyway, <laughs> you know? So um, we, if we don't see ourselves and if we don't see our work and we don't hear our voices and we don't hear that, then we have to be the one to push forward and uh, really <clears throat> put it out there. Um, this spoke to me because like, you know, I was writing, I'm working on a couple of things and they feel similar to stuff that's already out there. And I had to remind myself like, okay, your voice is your unique voice, continue to write it, you know, continue to put it out there. Don't think that, oh, like, it sounds too much like this. I mean, oh, it's kind of like this. It's like, no, this is your story. This is your voice. Continue to develop your story. Continue to develop your voice and continue to push forward and put it out there. And if you don't see it, then that means uh, you got to create it. 
so um yeah that's the no better do better from miss tony morrison of course you know she's a the god right now she's the ancestor um hopefully sharing all her words and wisdoms uh down upon us and helping us <laughs> through all of our writing journeys so yeah that's uh the mm-hmm. no better do better for me R.I.P. to yes. Miss Tony Forth and child, 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 child. What a talent and what a gift Truly. she gave us. And yes, mm-hmm. to all of that. Mm-hmm. There's no one like you and no one is writing the exact shit that you're writing. So yeah. fucking write it. All right. So moving into the news. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Ooh. the Disney Pixar movie, the first of its kind, because it was the first Disney Pixar with a black lead in twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. Interesting, gross. Um, mm. So yeah, it. I think it was Jamie Fox who played the lead uh, person, mm-hmm. and. People are coming out because, okay, so if something is in English, obviously if other countries want to watch it, it's going to get dubbed in their language. Right. So the gals are mad, as they should be, Mm. um, because they're hiring white actors to do the voices for the other languages. Uh, And this is like a black ass. And and it's the first... Yeah, yeah, black lead from Pixar. Got it. Exactly. So there's mm-hmm. black folks um, in in the film, but they're <clears throat> hiring white actors to do the dubs for Souls international releases. Mm. So um, a group of port- black black Portuguese actors and creators rallied together to write an open letter. Oh, I love a good open Ooh, letter chat. Come on, Disney protesting the use of white Portuguese actors for Soul's um, Portuguese dub. Now, mm. according to IndieWire, and sorry, this is all from Shadow Act, that all these articles are from Shadow Act, more actors are voicing their frustration with Black actors in other countries being overlooked, sounds like this country. The outlet reports that, according to the New York Times, the hiring of Danish actor, whew, I'm going to try it, Nikolaj Likas. He did that. Two boys. Mm-hmm. He sounds white as hell. Sounds mm-hmm. very Danish. White yeah. Danish. Um, they hired him to voice Jamie Foxx's character. The main character. Um, yeah. Bitch, what? And it has led to Danish <laughs> activists and scholars calling the casting an example of structural racism. Mm. The group of activists and scholars were interviewed for an article from Danish newspaper the foot. Berlingske promoting... <laughs> Lee cast to respond as to why he took the role. Oh, he responded. Okay. He said, and he put out an Iowa's press release on Facebook. Okay. And he said, bitch, why? <laughs> <laughs> he responded on Facebook. Oh my God. And he said he took the role because he believes the man or woman who can perform the work in the best possible way gets the job. Oh okay. my God. First of all, that just that's not even correct. <laughs> that sounds like some white people shit all yeah. the fucking way. Mm-hmm. The man or woman who can perform the work. How you gonna perform? Well, I'm busy. <laughs> <laughs> That's not correct, so, but okay. He basically trying to say, 
it doesn't matter. I can perform a black um, character better than a black person. So right. that's why I got the job. Is that's what ridiculous. we're getting. <sighs> um. Mm. Okay, so there's Danish activist. Sorry, I literally cannot pronounce that name. That's and okay. she said, or he said that no one can claim that there wasn't enough black talent to fill the main roles because actors of high, actors of color were hired to voice some of the minor parts. <laughs> that part. Wow. That part. <laughs> so it can't be the Come constant on. excuse. Come on. She said, or he said, it can't be the constant excuse. This idea that we can't find the people who live up to our standards. That's an invisible bar mm -hmm. that ties qualification to whiteness. Look Period. Period. <laughs> what? Period. Mm -hmm. Wow. I'm annoyed. <laughs> yeah, because that's annoying. Like, come on. Okay, but there is, um, so apparently it's happening in Germany. There's another white German dude who is playing Jamie Foxx's character. They could have got Boris Kojo. Don't do that. Right? And he said the same thing. He said, he said, it doesn't matter if you are black, you should be and are allowed to dub anything. Yeah, but it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. This is the fir first of all, it's not like there's a whole gambit of black animation that is just like out there. And like, it's just so many different, like most of the, the, the animation, if done, is like, if they're not human, and if they are, it's like, they're usually white characters, right? And most of the time, whenever they're white characters, it's not like you hear a, a random black voice most of the time. Like, you don't hear Cedric the Entertainer playing, you know, motherfucking Mr. Incredible. <laughs> like, that's not really normal. But if y'all got Cedric the Entertainer, the girls would be mad. That part. <laughs> y'all were mad when Ariel was black, even though Ariel is not even a real, like, creature. Y'all were like, how dare you get this black girl to do this? I was like, what are you talking about? <sighs> My God. So when you ha finally have a black character, y'all going to put a white voice on it? Like, come on. Yeah. They're going to call you out for that. And there's black people everywhere. I hate to exactly. disappoint you. Don't play with me. <laughs> there are black people <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> come on. Play with me. Okay. Today. <laughs> uh, disgusted oh, yeah. as usual everyone is fucking racist as fuck as usual mm -hmm. all over the world it should be that hard so kiss my back how about that yeah. so next agreed um the witcher blood origin sounds like some devil shit <laughs> i don't know if i'll be watching this but miss jody turner smith will be starring hey. in it it's a prequel on netflix so oh yeah because there was something on netflix called the witcher yep and this is the prequel the blood origin ew um yeah and it's gonna be starring joe turner smith that the gals are mad about that for whatever reason oh um so the series log line set in an elven world what the fuck is that I mean, a, a world full of elves, maybe? That's the only thing. That's the only you thing. watched this Witcher? I've watched, I watched like, halfway through it. 
Um, I don't remember the plot like that. It was very fantastical, very Lord of the Rings. Like it, it give it gives me that. Um, but yeah, don't ask. I don't know what the the plot. I forgot all about that. Okay, so I'm just we're gonna okay. We'll say that. It's but it was a hit. Open. I know it was a hit on Netflix. The girls did like it. They liked it. Okay, mm-hmm. so I'm guessing Elvin means elves. Mm-hmm. Um, why she gotta be elf? She is nowhere near elf. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, but it's set in an elven world 1,200 years before mm-hmm. the world of the Witcher. Okay. Blood Origin will tell a story lost to time, the creation of the first prototype Witcher, and the events that led to the pivotal conjunction of the spheres when the worlds of monsters, men, and elves merged to become one. People are so obsessed with elves. Smith yep. will be playing <laughs> Ellie or you, you who is an elite warrior blessed with the voice of a goddess. Okay, come on. Left, okay, goddess. Mm. Left her clan, knew her clan, and <laughs> positioned as queen's guardian to follow her heart as a nomadic musician. Okay. A grand reckoning, reckoning on the continent forces her to return to the way of the blade in her, in her quest for vengeance and redemption. Oh my God, these Netflix people be cracking me up. Every Jesus. time I read a Netflix description, I'd be laughing. <laughs> like, okay. All right. Um, Declan DeBarra will executive produce alongside showrunner Lauren Schmidt. Okay. It's rich. Um, this this uh, prequel is one of two spinoffs from The Witcher. Okay. Um, the other is going to be an animated film called The Witcher Nightmare of the Wolf. Wow, y'all really mm-hmm. love The Witcher. Like, y'all were here for it. If they come up with an animation and a live action spinoff, okay. All right. Yes, see, they're not playing. So okay. if you like The Witcher um, and that's your deal, make sure that you check out Joey Turner-Smith in that. And they also put a little plug at the end of the article that said that she will be in, you'll be seeing her next in a movie called After Yang. She will be playing in that with Colin Farrell. Okay. And then we talked about her being in a movie with Michael B. Jordan called Without Remorse. Mm-hmm. And she's also going to star as Queen Anne Bolin in the three-part miniseries for the UK Broadcaster Channel 5, which the gals were hella mad about. Um, but my girl's booked and busy, so make sure y'all catch her in all of them things. Okay. okay. And stop playing. Shoot. Be mad. She cashing checks. <laughs> cashing checks to the bank, child. Because she mm-hmm. got a baby now. She got to make that money. Come on. Um, okay, so next, my girl, Regina Kang, my queen. Mm-hmm. She is uh, making her Saturday Night Live hosting debut. She'll be hosting the Valentine Show. I'm just calling it the Valentine Show because it's February 13th. Hey. Um, the musical guest will be Nathaniel Rate, Rate, Liz? Mm-hmm. I'm sure. Um, so and then, <laughs> sorry. John Krasinski, Jim. Oh, yes, yes, yes. For the first time on January 30th. Oh, that's so surprising. I know. He's a white man. Why haven't they had him before? (laughs) Um, Gene Kelly (laughs) will make his first appearance as a musical guest. Um, I guess with John Krasinski. I don't know. Why are they talking about this? We're supposed to be talking about Regina. Um, Okay, now they're talking about all the other white people. So they just kind of listen to the lineup. Yeah, but this is about Regina, okay? Yeah. Um, she has been in the game forever. I'm so shocked this will be her first time hosting. That's so funny. I was because she's been in the game so long, but then you yeah. had to think about 
the whites now know who she is. Because <laughs> That's true. She was in all the movies that I grew up watching, black folks yes. movies, but whites don't know about that stuff. Yeah. So now they know who she is because she out here snatching the awards she should have been getting. Period. Right? And she shook but everybody now, in Watchmen, just shook it. Like, I know all the whites were shook it. I was like, yeah, you should be, because she's... And in that, that Netflix show that she got Golden Globe for, the seven seconds. Yes. But now the whites Girl. know who she is, so that's why they're just now asking her to be on Saturday Night Live. All right, well, Either okay. Way, she should have been on it, because she's... Period. She's been around forever. She is... A long time. Hilarious. She she's is hilarious. So funny. Even though they she's need- in her dramatic bag. Come on. They need to get Regina Hall there, too. The other Reginas. Y'all need to let all the Reginas host. I don't know why. Right? You know, they be playing. Like, they don't, they don't be... Ugh, whatever. Mm-hmm. We need a black sketch show again. We need In Living Color. Something Truly! Like ugh. Come on, this black sketch so show. Lit. It was so like, lit. So good. That's how Jim Carrey got his start. Did y'all and he it? never lets us forget it. <laughs> as he should. Okay. As he should not. As he should. As he should not. Whatever. As he, He's yeah. doing the right thing yep. by always paying homage to who got him started. Like yep. the Wayans. <laughs> Shout out to Jim Carrey. That's why I've always liked him. Mm-hmm. Um, haven't heard from him though. Hope he's doing okay. Yeah, I think he is. I think it's all good. Yeah, I heard some stuff a couple years ago, but mm. pray for you, bro. Yep. Anyways, off topic. <laughs> Next. <laughs> Ava DuVernay, who is always doing shit with I mean, Rich Girl. Um, Array, which is her uh, production company, as you guys should know. Mm-hmm. Her media production company, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, they inked a deal with Spotify to produce scripted and unscripted podcasts. Yeah, go so It's going to be, yes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be a multi-year partnership. Mm-hmm. And under the deal, DuVernay and Spotify's Gimlet. I don't know. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So Gimlet is a, was another podcasting network, and they were really good at scripted, long-form stories. A lot of their scripted stuff went on to be TV sh- series. So Homecoming oh. was first a podcast on Gimlet, and they turned it into a TV show. So they've done several of those kind of scripted podcast things and, and turned them into, like, successful TV shows. So, yeah, that's... Ooh, and I believe Spotify... Cool partnered or bought Gimlet. So under that umbrella to help them kind of uh, expand uh, into the podcasting space. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. Gimlet. Mm-hmm. So she will be working with Gimlet and they yep. will produce exclusive scripted and unscripted narrative podcasts, but they will be through uh, DuVernay's um, company array. That makes sense. So this is a quote from Miss Ava herself. She well, said, recognizing the undeniable power of voice and sound. As mm. you guys know, voice and sound is what we do here. I'm mm. thrilled to extend Array's storytelling storytelling into the realm of podcasts. The opportunity to work with Lydia Polgreen, Paul Green, okay. and her passionate team drew us to Spotify as a home for our audio narr- narratives. And we couldn't be more excited to begin this new creative journey. Nice. Um, so then, of course, Spotify's chief content advertising business officer had to say some shit, too. And she said that Spotify's partnership with the Ray ooh, continues our commitment to bringing the world's most powerful and creative voices into podcasting. We look forward to Spotify listeners hearing from the exceptional creators that Array will be bringing to our platform. That's dope. I'm definitely going to take a listen. 
Yep, and they said that um, everything will be available to stream for free, as it the fuck should. As it should. Thank you, Spotify. Do that. Do that. Yep, on Spotify. Mm -hmm. No details on when, but uh, just look out for it. All right. And I'm sure as they get more dates, they will let the gals know. Yeah, for sure. That's dope. So next, Miss Misha Green, who we've talked about before because she is the person who brought you guys um, Underground and Lovecraft Country, which Lovecraft I mean, Country was a hit last year. When I tell you hit, bitch, I mean hit. Like, pow! It's a hit. <laughs> <laughs> um, so she's not playing with the gals. At she's all. Her feature directorial debut with this Tomb Raider that's coming up. Congrats. Uh, I don't really want to see no more Tomb Raiders. But this is the only Tomb Raider I'm going to see. Yeah. So it will be starring Alicia Alicia Vikander, which is, I don't know. Okay. Uh, a white woman, a white yeah. actress. Y'all might know who she is, but All I don't right. know too much of you know who that is. Don't know who that is, but I'm okay. sure she's successful. <laughs> <laughs> yes um, yeah so if you like mm-hmm. that girl she will be playing Laura Croft even though I think Angelina Jolie was a great uh, no. Tomb Raider she was, mm. cute. She was cute I believe that um, I would love to see like a Tomb Raider of color I feel like, well, I feel like I a black woman would look cute as fuck as a Tomb Raider with her braids into one big braid yeah maybe mm-hmm. even Regina King mm-hmm. oh mm-hmm. you know She's very athletic and like mm. she hits all like the stunts. Athletic. But whatever. You know. They attached to Miss um Alicia Alicia to it. Um yes. so apparently she's gonna write the movie too, but they don't oh, know on. they don't know much else. No, all come they know on. Is that she gonna write it? Nice. Oh, okay. So there was already another so this is a sequel to an the another Tomb Raider that they put out in 2018. Okay. Did I didn't even know? I didn't know that either. Okay. Yeah, I I don't follow that franchise like that. Me neither. I didn't even know they had brought it back. Right. Okay, I'm late. Shit. (laughs) Me too. But look, congratulations to you, Misha. Yes. You know, congratulations to you. And Mm -hmm. now I guess I'm gonna have to watch the first thing that came out. Right. So that I can be called up on the story. You know, I basically know the story. She be rating tomb. She, okay. Um, <laughs> if it's a tomb, she gonna rate it. Okay. <laughs> so make sure y'all watch out Amazon Prime or something. Yes. Um, so that y'all can be ready for the one that Misha put out because the one that Misha put out gonna be live. Okay. And that's the only one I'm watching. Um, so exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. So next, Queen Sugar, season five. Hey. Um, the trailer is out on the YouTubes. Just mm-hmm. look up Queen Sugar season five trailer. Um, it tackles COVID-19, Black Lives Matter, and more. So the girls be up to date be, what's going on. That's all I know. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was initially in production, but then I had to pause Avi because of the panini that we're in. Yep. Um, and then after that DuVernay decided to completely revamp the season five storyline to address the very real issues 
our country was facing through the lens of the beloved board Bordelon family and the fictional community of St. Josephine. Recon reconceiving the character arcs and storylines, writing alongside returning whew, showrunner Anthony Sparks and supervising producer Norman Bonds to tackle head on the COVID-19 pandemic, the Black Lives Matter protest movement that swept the country and corruption in politics to showcase whew, the specific impact and ramifications these issues have on communities and people of color. Oh, this season gonna pack a punch, child. Wow. It's gonna hit it. We'll hit also on. delve into important topics such as police brutality, addiction and recovery, systematic racism, who among I love a show that is up to date with what is happening in yep. the world. Yep. We I love that. Yep. Uh, so the official description for the season, here it is. Mm. In season five, I'm trying to do the trailer voice. <laughs> season five, Charlie, who's played by Don Leon Gardner, remains thick in the battle with the Landry family as she uses the system of local government to protect the community and the farmers who own land while coming to terms with her son, Micah, played by Nicholas Ash, as he navigates his freshman year at Xavier University, which is an HBCU. No oh. replacement. Girl, Rutina Wesley, the talented Rutina Wesley, launches her new website to support the community while moving out of the ninth ward and settles into her romantic relationship with Calvin, who's played by Greg Vaughn. Mm. Ralph Angel, played by mm, Kofi. So sexy. <sighs> Works mm. to manage fatherhood with his son, Blue, Ethan Hutchinson, and a healthy path forward with girlfriend Darla, played by the never-aging Bianca Lawson. I mean, honestly. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, my God. Despite, oh, be um, Beyonce's uh, stepsister as well. Despite mm. constant threats to his land and home. Mm. Yeah. It's going to be a, a, a good season. And, you know, Ava always does a great job with the writing team and the directorial staff that they, I mean, Beautiful shots, well-written, and I'm sure I'm going to be crying every episode. Um, I need to catch up so badly, so since hey. this is coming out, then I might as well, I might as well try and catch up and see what's going on, because it's, well, it's well-written. It's just well done. Have until February 16th at 8 p.m. to catch up. Oh, ooh, that's nothing. I'd be considered, <laughs> like, that's nothing. Let's do it. <laughs> I'd be binging, like, Okay. It is premiering on the own network oh, at eight Eastern, nice. which will be five West Coast time. And I don't know about the Midwest, y'all figure that shit out. Yeah, but um, <laughs> <laughs> y'all better watch that shit. That shit sounds it's good. good. Okay, it's so, good. Uh, so last news story. So if y'all haven't heard, Barry Jenkins, um. He is adapting Colson Whitehead's The Underground Railroad. Wow. Um, I think it was a book. Was that a book? Mm, okay, it was a book. Okay, good. And um, so he had an interview with Shadow Act, and I'm just going to say some of the excerpts. Ooh, never mind. It's a long interview. I'm just going to say some of the stuff that he said. That's right. We're going to summarize it for y'all. Come on now. Yeah, you don't do that. <laughs> um, because I know y'all tired of the slave stories, child. I fuck am so. As am I. When I saw that he's gonna be doing something called Underground, I said, "Oh, here we go." I love you, Barry. But, but 
Jesus. I love, I love Barry. I love it. But, you know, he said that he's going to be exploring the multifaceted interior lives of enslaved people. So, okay. So, he said, it's really cool now to go from reading the book and having images in my head, writing the scripts, having the writer's room and all of our lovely writers and actors to now the images coalescing and presenting them. So that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so he talked about who his chief creative, core creative team is. And the gist of the story will revolve around the series' main character, who is Cora, mm-hmm. played by Thuso Mbedu. And she journeys to freedom via the Underground Railroad, depicted as a literal railroad conducted by Black Americans. Hmm. Oh, that sounds cool. Okay, so it might be a a bit of a fantastical element to it, like a little change. Yeah, that just really made me visualize that. Okay. Um, So Cora wants her liberty by enemies this Thursday. She's not playing with the gals, as she should not. Pre-Malcolm X. (laughs) Ready. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Even if it means engaging in actions that could haunt her for the rest of her life. Mm. Mm. So even though the Underground Railroad, which is the name of the project slash book that he's adapting, mm-hmm. IP guys, IP, okay. includes a fantastical version of the route that slaves embarked towards freedom. So it is fantastical. He wants to make sure viewers are taken on Cora's personal journey mm. and experience the humanity of a person striving to live out her inalienable rights. Mm. I know. Um, so you would think, obviously, that a story set in this subject matter would be only brutal and bleak and painful and traumatic. Mm. That's what I think. Okay. But he said, mm. he said, mm. I know trauma is a word that we associate with a story like this. Well, and yet, mm. I felt like from the moment I read the book, Mm. And the moment I saw the tell a story set in this world, what? that in order for you and me to be sitting here having this conversation in 2021, mm. there had to have been love. Mm. No, that's a word. There had to have been beauty. There certainly was community. My despite God. Despite all the efforts to break the bonds of family, mm. love, and community. Oh, come on. Come on, Barry. <laughs> I think you said it just like you did, too. That was very good. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. That's a word. That's a word. Okay, Barry. Wow. Okay, so if you want to, um, if you want to hear more about it, then you yes. research Shadow and Act Barry Jenkins Underground Railroad interview, and it's yes. gonna come up. Um, because yeah, that's it, amazing. It sounds like so. Okay. Okay. Because I stopped watching. Um, slave stuff yeah. but i'm gonna give this a whirl i will yeah i didn't even hit up harriet nothing i was just like i just came for yeah. cynthia revo singing that wonderful song and then i left i was like mm, yep, yep, that's enough yeah yeah i i just hope it doesn't become too fantastical to where we're not honoring what mm. they did go through because it, it wasn't fantastical like yeah that's um, true that experience was not fantastical yeah. at all. Well, well, maybe, maybe fant- I use the wrong word. Maybe there's an element that they're switching they around. Really? Damn. That's okay. Well, hopefully, I, then I agree with you. Hopefully, that, that there'll be a way to just respect 
the sort of story and the homage of the storylines, but also give us a new perspective on a slave narrative. And I think Misha Green did that very well with the underground. You know what I mean? She did By that. empowering them, yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? So hopefully, and I believe it, Barry Jenkins does amazing job with characters um, as a director, you know, fell in love with Moonlight immediately. Like, you know, like, it was... I mean, just think about it. I'm like, oh, do not cry. But yeah, I mean, hopefully, I, I think I think he'll be responsible with the characters. Yeah, and and he the nigga know what he doing. So that is true. I I believe just from a little bit that I've read, what I just read y'all, that he's gonna be able to do it, still honor our ancestors and the struggle that they did go through. Yeah. Um, but also have this new take you know, on the Underground Railroad and, like, it being yeah. an actor, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like that. So, he know he doing, so. Yes. I, I trust him. We come from the same alma mater, whatever. So come on. We bred different for you hoes. So. <laughs> Go ahead. Go on. Go no. Go no. And, yeah, that is the news. Shout yes. out to, wow, what a, what a cool blend of stories i'm yeah. excited about seeing um still mad about the whole whitewashed yeah. soul stuff is what the white host said about ugh, those people how can they say shit like that yeah. anyway getting over it yep. um but yeah look out for all those those teams exciting exciting just exciting yeah that's really dope So with that, we are gonna head into the main segment. Yeah. All right. So this week, you guys, it's all about resources this week. Um, Pretty much we, well, in the main segment, we do a lot of things. Sometimes we, again, like I said at the top, we do movie reviews. Sometimes we do uh, script reads. Sometimes we do interviews. But this week, we're going to share some resources that will hopefully help you on your writing journey. Uh, Just a precursor at the top for you guys. Uh, The information that we're about to give um, really really delves into uh, the fellowship writing programs that a lot of writers try to get into. Most of these programs are designed for screenwriters and um, uh, television or movie screenwriters. So we're not here to shun uh, our novelists and and bloggers and all types of writers. Um, But most of the stuff that we'll be talking about here will be from that. Also, we'll be kind of um, generalizing some of the dates with some of these um, writers programs. Um, They're usually annual and very consistent. But of course, with COVID, um, what we give you the information, there may be some changes. Um, some, some, you know, there were times when a lot of these would meet in person. They might be doing Zoom meetings now. They might be conducting it in a very different way based on the environment that we're in now, post-COVID, you know, environment. Um, I wish we were post-post-COVID where, you know, COVID does not exist anymore, but um, we'll get there soon. But yeah, so with that, yeah. things change. Yeah. We're getting there. Um, with that, things change. Some programs, maybe they're pushing it back. Maybe they're changing things up. So um, wanted to share that caveat with you uh, now so that you know when we read through, make sure to double back on the research. Also, we'll share the link in our description so that way you can um, look at the information for yourself. All right, so we got this from the WGA. 
And um, if you don't know what the WGA is, the Writers uh, Guild Association, but they also have the Writers Guild Foundation. So the Writers Guild Foundation uh, put a list together of fellowship programs for screenwriters. Now, as you all know, a lot of these uh, fellowships and writers programs they're very competitive. So if you get into them, it is usually a great way for you to get into the industry and kind of give yourself exposure to some yeah. of the, the like gatekeepers to like get you into the writer's room, get your movies or, or, or TV shows funded. Um, they help you network with some of the executives and other writers as well. So um, these are very competitive for a reason, but that means that, hey, we got a shot. We got a shot to share, share our stories. We have a shot to um, be in these programs and network with the right people. And, you know, we usually put these on a pedestal, uh, which is good. You know, they are prestigious, but even if you don't get into these, like Ava DuVernay, um, I believe she was in Sundance, actually. She did get into Sundance. So I guess that's a bad example. There are a whole bunch of people who did not get into any of these programs and institutions and all that stuff, and they make it, right? Um, another example, Tyler Perry. He just did his shit on his own. Issa Rae, she did her shit on her own. Like, there's so many people that don't go through these things and they make it. So no matter what, this is just one avenue. Do not be discouraged, but be encouraged and see if this is one research resource that can be helpful to you. So let's get this topic and start it. All right, again, this is from the WGAfoundation.org. We'll share the link in the description. All right, the first um, writer's program or fellowship is the Academy Nickel Fellowship. Now, this is really well-known and well-respected fellowship. Uh, typically, typically opens at the start of the year and closes around May 1st. So usually the format and eligi eligibility, it's annual. So each year, Academy Nichols uh, Screenwriting Competition awards up to five $35,000 uh, fellowships to amateur screenwriters. The fellowship is open for screenwriters who have not earned more than 25,000 writing fictional work for film or television. Entry scripts must be the original work of one writer or of two writers who collaborate equally and must be written originally in English. Adaptations and trans translated scripts are not eligible. So um, this is one of the you know most prestigious ones. Um, it's usually at the top and well-known, well-respected. So kudos to those people who continue to uh, submit and who are recognized through this program. If you get in, it is a big effing deal. So um, yeah. look Even into it. Even to the final round, that's yes. a big deal. That is a big deal. So yeah, take a look into it. Um, and yeah, double check everything and don't be afraid, you know? Um, the next one highlighted here is the Austin Film, Fe yeah, Austin Film Festival Screenplay and Teleplay Competition. So Austin um, is a city in Texas. It's really known for its arts, um, whether it's, it's particularly movies, but music scene, all of that is really upcoming uh, for those who are not aware. Um, so yeah, so typically it's opens at the start of the year and closes in May. You'll see kind of a, a pattern with a lot of these uh, screenwriting programs. Um, all scripts must be submitted in English. Uh, English, hello. <laughs> scripts must not have been opted or sold prior to a certain date, meaning that it, you, know, you can't be in the works right now with someone trying to make it happen, right? This is purely for those 
those who are like amateur writers trying to break in um, and really use this opportunity as a leg up. Scripts that have reached the semifinalist level or above in previous years within the Austin Film Festival screenplay competition or digital screen co series competition are not eligible for resubmission. So it's really important as you go through one of these fellowships or like look at their specific eligibilities so that you won't cancel yourself out or if you aren't this if you do not meet the criteria it's okay there's a whole bunch more of these competitions and writing uh fellowships that you can apply to but just make sure that you really look at the uh you know the qualifications so that you're not wasting your time because it takes a lot of work for us to write our pieces and to get it where we want it to be and have it you know coverage and all that stuff and we don't want to waste our time and money <laughs> it does cost money a lot of these to submit so make sure you read um all the all the qualifications make sure you have everything and even some of the uh, other fellowships they ask you for a resume they ask you for a bio so make sure you have all the other elements ready to go as well um, another well-known like fellowship or contest, if you will, is the Blacklist. But the one they have here on the uh, Writers Guild Foundation is the Blacklist and the Women in Film um, Episodic Lab, right? Um, it typically opens from June to August, so there's a little bit of time right now. Um, so the Blacklist and the Women in Film will invite six to eight promising non-professional television writers who identify as women to the lab. They must be competent to contract and over the age of 18. You must not have earned more than 25,000 uh, in an aggregate in, con in, in connection with any prior television writing work. So this is like a, very much a fellowship, but very much an intimate space to kind of network with other writers and really um, develop your writing. And it's specific to women um, and uh, the partnership with these two organizations. So again, not every fellowship is the same, you know what I mean? Um, some are much more intimate, some, some last longer, some are shorter. So make sure again, you read the details and um, figure out if you qualify or not. All right, um, we're gonna get into some network uh, writers program. The CBS Writers Mentoring Program, uh, it's typically open from March to May. Um, the primary focus of the CBS Diversity Institute's Writers Mentoring Program is to provide access and opportunities for talented and motivated diverse writers. Ding, 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 that's us. <laughs> Aspiring diverse writers with a strong desire to write for CBS television series to encourage uh, are encouraged to apply, excuse me. Uh, you must be 21 or older to be eligible. So make sure again, um, when you look at these, look at the uh, particular details. Um, you must submit an application, a letter of interest, work resume, bio, two writing samples, one half hour or one hour episodic spec script based on a current primetime television series, which aired or was released during the year season on any network or cable television, including Netflix, Hulu, and Amazon, right? Original material should match the tone and the spec script. A signed submission release form for the writing sample is also required. So with this one, they want a spec script. They wanna know that you can write for network television and that you know, as they hone you, they can put you in any writer's room and you are ready to go, right? You, you have the skills to be able to pick that up and, you know, continue to read and, you know, on every one of them, but everything is, is different. You know, everybody has a different journey and they want to make sure you can write stuff that's up to date 
um, and current and, and look towards the future. It's important to understand trends, but also to have your own unique voice and hone that so you can stand out within these competitions and um, fellowships. So the next one um, that they highlight here is a coalition, uh, excuse me, the Coalition of Asian Pacifics and Entertainment New Writers Fellowship, New Writers Fellowship, I'm going to read that again, Coalition of Asian Pacifics and Entertainment New Writers Fellowship, right? So uh, that's short for CAPE. Uh, the CAPE New Writers Fellowship discovers and nurtures emerging writers launching their careers in television and film. This unique immersive fellowship arms each participant with the practical and business knowledge they need to succeed as a professional writer in the entertainment industry. Writers must be 18 years or older, must not have been a staff writer on an episodic, nor have had a feature worth over $1 million budget, pro, uh, budget produced, regardless of which category they're applying for. You you must be able to work in the U.S. and blah, de, blah, de, blah, de, blah. De. So this again, um, and they specify open to writers of all races, color, sex, religion, national origin, age, disability, and sexual orientation, right? So when they say that at the bottom, that means they're looking for everyone, diverse writers. Anyone can apply, but they're looking for um, diversity. Um, so yeah, check that out. Um, another prestigious one, I mean, if you can get in, Lord, you know, be dope. A uh, Disney ABC writing program typically opens in May. So this is a 12-month program. So again, look at the qualifications. You know, when you are applying for these, like, you know, hopefully if you get it, you got to, you know, some of us might have to be like, you know what, can I take a sabbatical? <laughs> or do I need to quit my job? Like, you this know. This one's paid too, though. Yep, the and they make sure. No paid. Yep, so. It's like a job. It is a job and make sure that you're ready to take that sacrifice and be able to, you know, go with the curriculum. And it's an amazing opportunity. So for at least the first month of the program, writers participate in a curriculum designed to better prepare them for staffing consideration. Past activities have included workshops led by veteran television writers, producers, and program alumni. Improvisational workshops, excuse me, um, and networking mixers with executives. Um, so check that out. That's a super great opportunity and really great to put on your resume and opens doors to a lot of um, writing opportunities for everyone. And like Corey said, it's paid. So if you are leaving a job, you'll be able to get paid, but make sure that, you know, some people have kids, some people have, there's a lot of things that you have to move around. Be ready to, to like take a risk on yourself, especially if you already applied, go for it. Like it's an amazing opportunity. Um, the next one that they highlight here is Film Independent Screenwriting or Episodic Lab. So um, the Screenwriting Lab typically closes in October um, and um, the Episodic Lab closes in February. So it's two different ones, I guess, the Script, script Writing Lab and the Episodic Lab. So the Script Writing Lab is open to any writer applying with a completed draft of a feature-length project they wish to workshop during the program with an eye toward production, right? So this is for those who are, you know, doing movies, features, and you are looking to really hone that film, right? You're really looking for edits. It's really diving deep. Um, and it's meant to be created afterwards. Um, the episodic lab is open to any emerging writer applying for a completed draft of a half hour or hour long television pilot they wish to workshop during the program. So these are for the television writers, right? Whether you're comedy or, um, comedy or drama. So yeah, check that out. Um, 
And then one of the more famous ones that we have um, is Final Draft, uh, the big script writing contest. Now, um, Final Draft is really, you know, if we don't know what that is, that's the uh, script writing program that is used a lot um, you know, it's used as industry standard. And so uh, Final Draft, uh, in it typically opens in the beginning of the year and closes in July. And so um, the big script writing contest offers film and television writers in 11 genres the chance to win up to $80,000 in cash and prizes. Um, grand prize winners also get flown to LA to meet with managers, producers, and executives. Um, any writer over the age of 18 whose screenplay or teleplay is not currently uh, optioned is available. So uh, Final Draft, big name, well-respected in the industry. It's used as an industry uh, standard when it comes to drafting scripts. It's the program you use to really write your uh, scripts. Again, there are other programs that are free, but Final Draft has a big name. So if they're doing a contest, it's it's another great opportunity to kind of push forward and um, yeah, and, and get yourself out there as a writer. Um, let's see, I think I'm gonna do a couple more I think I'm going to do three, I'm going to do three more. I'm going to do three more here, but don't worry. Like, again, we're going to share the lift. We're going to share the link haha, in the description. And uh, that way you guys can do your research. And honestly, you can apply for the one that's best for you. All right. The next one I'm going to highlight is the HBO access writing fellowship. Um, you know, it typically opens in February. The program selects eight diverse writers to take part in a series of masterclasses held over one week in June at the HBO campus in Santa Monica, California, if you're not, if you're nasty. I don't know. A class will <laughs> consist of discussions with HBO executives and showrunners and will focus on the craft of writing, including structure, story, and character, as well as business aspects of, this, of securing an agent and effective networking. Um, any diverse writer 21 or over is eligible. Um, for HBO Access, diversity is defined as those who identify their heritage as Asian, Pacific Islander, subcontinent Asian, Black, Latinx, or Hispanic, Native American, or Indigenous, or Middle Eastern, in addition to women and those who identify as transgender. So again, um, well, just because I love a lot of the HBO drama and comedy, um, you know, they have a reputation on that unmatched. I feel like, um, you know, they were smart enough to bring in secure. I mean, duh. so <clears throat> yeah, this is a great opportunity for you to be, you know, in the mix with those writers and producers and help you get on those shows. And of course, as you know, it, the more you know people, the better chances are you get hired in these circles. So yeah, get yourself out there. That's HBO, HBO. Access. Say that again. Alternate. HBO does alternate. So some nice. years, the one year it'll be the fellowship will be for directors, and then the next year they do the writers one. So just make sure mm -hmm. that whatever year you're looking at, you're catching the writers one. Because I think last year, 2020, mm. was the writers year. So now this year, maybe the directors. Just do your research. Yeah. So if you miss it, you'll be ready for next year. Okay. Double check. When it's coming around. No, that's great to know. Um. Okay, the next one I'm going to highlight, there's a lot of um, um, one. Uh, this one I find interesting because I don't think a lot of people consider writing for late night, but 
Late night television is an amazing genre. Uh, NBC late night um, writers workshop. So um, typically opens and closes in December. So we're past that, but get yourself ready for next year now. Um, the NBC Universal late night writers workshop is a multi-day program focused on exposing talented sketch and comedy writers to NBC Universal's late night and alternative lineup and ready them for the staff writing position. Uh, they're looking for writers who are almost there, but need that final bit of preparation and exposure to key industry players. Um, they typically encourage women writers and those of diverse backgrounds to apply. So uh, don't forget the late nights, you know, let's, you know, SNL type. In fact, in their uh, submission details, they say participant will submit a sketch packet with three elements, one to two pages of a topical monologue and jokes. And for those of you who don't know, the monologues are usually what the hosts uh, slash comedians talk about at the very top. Um, and that's really traditional in uh, late night. Um, and then they also say one to two pages of original ideas for refillable late night desk bits and two SNL style skits, uh, no more than five pages each. Right. So they give very specific criteria and it's a different way of uh, honing your writing skills in the sketch comedy world and particularly in late night. So don't forget to think about um, late night writing as well. And this seems like an amazing opportunity for sure. Um, all right. Um, the next one I'm going to highlight. NBC also has a Universal Writers on the Verge. So check out for that one as well. Um, but yeah, Nickelodeon um, has a writing program. And I say that to also remember, you know, uh, when we're doing programming for uh, kids as well. Um, it's a big market. <laughs> it's huge. And don't forget, you know, they need content as well. And Nickelodeon, Disney, all of those, you know, that, you know, I would even say like Cartoon Network, like Think about those places to write too, if that's your passion, um, even if it's not. But applications for the Nickelodeon Writing Program uh, open up from July 1st to August 1st. Again, double check with everything that we're saying here. It's COVID time, so we don't know how they're operating. They may operate a, a, a bit differently. So while the program, um, while in the program, writers meet uh, the series creators uh, in Nickelodeon work in writers rooms and receive hands on experience writing spec scripts and pitching story ideas in both live action and animated television. There are two creative avenues to pursue the general track, which is 12 month and a preschool track, which is six months. The preschool track was created to develop writers specifically interested in writing and or creating shows for the preschool demographic. Come on, Doc McStuffins. Come on. You must be 18 years or older to participate. If you have previously applied to the program and were not selected, you are welcome and encouraged to apply again. So they're like, don't give up, keep going. So yeah, just remember this demographic. They need writers too. It's an amazing uh, space to create and uh, create stories. And the last one I'm going to highlight again, there are tons more. Um, is the Sundance Institute. So the Sundance Episodic Storytelling Lab, so typically opens in February, um, offers one of the few training grounds for independent voices to develop an um, original series and pilot script. Um, Sundance Institute Episodic Program provides artists with the tools, training, and industry access to move their projects and careers forward. So um, Sundance, as you know, has a so, large... Um, huge reputation um, in the movie industry. There's a huge festival that happens, I believe, in Utah. I could be wrong. I want to say Utah or Colorado or 
one of the very cold states. Um, but yeah, they have a huge, huge um, festival and you know, the movies that go there and are well received there usually go on to um, do well at the box offices or if not do well are very critically acclaimed. So yeah, check out the Sundance Episodic Storytelling Lab. Um, we will, again, there are a whole bunch of other ones. There's universal writing programs. There's the Warner Brothers Writing Workshop. There are so many other writing contests, competitions, fellowships that I, we just didn't highlight here just because, you know, we want to, you know, give y'all time to digest the whole podcast. But um, there's so much more resources uh, to tap into when it comes to um you know, if you're interested in doing the fellowship. So continue to, um, yeah, just continue to um, research and see what is the right one for you. And uh, yeah, keep writing, keep doing your thing. We encourage you, even if, if fellowships are not your thing, create your thing. You know what I mean? Continue to write, to continue to network, continue to do the things that we need to do to get ourselves in the writer's room and or, um, you know, getting our shit made and paid honey get made and paid for so um yeah that's that's the main so do you have anything to um add Corey? you had some really good points earlier so yeah just know that there are so many avenues into industry you can do whatever the fuck you want but this is just one way to get in and then good luck to all those out there who are thinking of applying to the fellowships that will be happening this year um, that we're not fucked up by COVID. Good luck to y'all. And to those who are thinking of applying next year, get your spec script ready, get your original pilots ready because they're going to want to see them hoes. Mm-hmm. Moving right into our last segment, our niggas you should know segment. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll start off with mine. Talked about him earlier, Barry Jenkins. Okay. Hey. Brother from my alma mater, shout out to Florida State University, shout out to Tallahassee, Florida, shout out to the nose. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Go, go. <laughs> um, so yeah, he is. If you don't know who he is, what the fuck is wrong with you, bitch? Um, he's a director, screenwriter, producer. He made his filmmaking debut with the short film My Josephine, and um, he received an Independent Spirit Award nomination for his for best first feature for medicine of for melancholy which i believe was his first feature in 2008 yeah so he took eight year hiatus from feature filmmaking because hello i'm gonna take a break sometimes tired <laughs> okay and he directed and co-wrote the amazing the illustrious um lgbt themed independent drama moonlight oh. had the nerve to hit us with that beautiful ass film I was like oh okay so I remember watching that in theaters the first time and I was sure the fuck if, okay? Mm-hmm. I was sure if, just because it's set in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Mm-hmm. You guys don't know I'm from Florida. I'm not from Southern Florida. I'm from Central, but I know a lot of people who are from the area that that movie was based in. I know a lot of young Black men who um, were in that environment and I'm just thinking of, it just reminded me of those men that I knew and if one of them happened to be gay, what their situation would have been like. And it was just, mm-hmm. I, I was a fucking wreck. Um, and it's just a beautiful film. I yeah. mean, gosh. <laughs> Moonlight, I believe it. Yeah, it won uh, Academy Award for Best Picture. If y'all yeah. remember, there was a scandal. <laughs> uh, situation where mm. 
said that. What's that other shit? La La Land. La La Land won, mm-hmm. but actually it was Moonlight, which I was like, thank the fuck God, because La La Land was atrocious. <laughs> um, Ryan Gosling saved jazz. Okay, yeah, sure. Nope. Um, mm-hmm. Gross. But yeah, so that is what it's most known for is winning that huge award. And it deserved the fuck. Mm-hmm. So he also received an Oscar nomination for Best Director, and he won another Academy Award for Best Adapted Screenplay with Terrell Alvin McCraney. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fourth Black person to be nominated for Best Director and the second Black person to direct a Best Picture winner. So, okay. So they keep mm-hmm. track of stuff like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he released his third directorial directorial feature in if bill street could talk which Mm -hmm. is adaption of um james baldwin's novel legend and obviously it was released to critical praise hello it's barry jenkins Mm -hmm. and nominations for um at the academy awards and golden globes don't know if Mm -hmm. it won anything that year Mm -hmm. but it was nominated as it should be yep 2017 he was included on the annual times 100 list of the most influential people in the world mm-hmm. so yeah he went to Florida State University okay bitch um which I'm always going to talk about <laughs> and yeah he will be as we talked about in the news he will be um doing the Underground Railroad series and which is what we talked about earlier so make sure that you guys look out for that um and always of course man he is uber talented so talented and great skin too i'm like go ahead and throw us a line what do you use what what oh oh my gee so he's also going to be i guess directing the prequel to the lion king okay okay it's going to be concerning (laughs) the coming age coming of age of mufasa well okay oh bitch i'm i'm Mufasa's story. Oh my god, I'm blown away. I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> what? That's <laughs> fucking amazing. <laughs> Your first friends. <laughs> oh, breaking motherfucking news. Okay, go ahead. Okay. I'm shook it, and I, whenever that is finished, I will be there. I will be there. I'm praying it's cartoon form because the live action, you know, messed with my head a little bit. It was still very good. But go ahead and direct it, sir. It's probably going to be live action if it's... Yeah. Yep. Yep. I'll still be there, though, Barry. 100%. I'm going to be there, but I'm going to be like, God, I hate this. <laughs> it's terrifying. It is so terrifying. I'm like, questions, mm. okay? Woo. That's fucking amazing. Oh, my God. I know. I'm like, ship it. You heard it here first. <laughs> Ooh, I love it. Okay. All right. Well, um, our next nigga, you should know. Um, I felt like my uh, thought process of picking this person was kind of a stretch, but go with me. I don't care. So uh, Jamie Lawson, uh, she's an actress. Um, she She's up and coming. She's new. But um, this young lady will be playing uh, the young Michelle Obama in the limited showtime anthology first ladies and joining her to play grown michelle obama will be none other than viola davis y'all know viola yeah like y'all know viola like we know her she's like but you know i had to shout 
Jamie Lawson out because I don't know if y'all saw the inauguration and how Michelle came out looking like the goddess that she is. I was just like, how can we forget what a bad bitch Michelle Obama is? Like, how 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 dare you walk through those those uh, war torn Capitol walls, coming through hair flowing like designer outfit like. I was like, get it. And of course the Instagram memes were all over the, all over the place, but I'm going to get back to Jamie Lawson because she is going to be the young Michelle Obama in that anthology. Um, She's fairly new to the game. Um, She starred in Farewell um, Amour uh, and Warner Brothers upcoming The Batman. Um, And so these are a couple of her things, but I think this, she is someone to absolutely look out for um and i believe she's only like in her 20s too so <laughs> sis got lots of room to grow and she's not playing with you yeah she's 23 years old and she um after graduating juilliard school in uh may 2019 yeah let me say juilliard if you don't know that's graduating motherfucking deal okay and she she had the nerve to land her first role again in farewell amour as sylvia um so yeah she's gonna be you know upcoming film batman as bella real and then um then bella real if you don't know is a, a politician running in gotham city and then she gonna be playing um young michelle obama so again her name is jamie lawson there might not be much now honey you gonna know her you will know her so yeah go off sis i cannot wait to see you flourish uh and continue to get these checks and these deals sis and yeah i cannot wait to see you in all the things and she's gorgeous like look her up she's she's drop dead so yeah go follow her mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah that is yeah, that's our, those are our two niggas you should know. Um, and yeah, that is the end of uh, Tinseltown Tea. Um, you can catch us on all the things at Tinseltown Tea, whether it's Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, wherever the girls are, we are there. And if we're not there, that's okay. You just need to follow us wherever we are. <laughs> Okay. Um, (laughs) um, Definitely, you know, hit us up. Like we want to hear from you. We're at tinseltowntea at gmail.com. If you have any requests, if you want to see, hear some new segments, we're open to it. We are open. We're growing. We're learning. And uh, yeah. Is there anything else I missed, Corey? Nope. I mean, make sure you follow us on all the things. Make sure you do your due diligence, like, subscribe, um, whatever the fuck else you can do on these things, mm-hmm. just do them. Mm-hmm. Um, make sure you're engaged with us because that helps us out a lot. For sure. Like we say all the time, we be working for y'all. We okay. Be, we ain't new to this, we true to this. We almost about to be two years in. Wow. Okay? Play games with mm. us. We don't play games with y'all. Nope. So, <laughs> I think that is it. Thank you all yes. for rocking with us. Yes. And hopefully you guys um, will be able to apply to some of those fellowships that we talked about. Absolutely. But other than that, peace. All right. Love y'all. Bye.